podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. It's Tuesday, which means you know it's time for another round of General's Orders. So I am, of course, joined as ever by the FPL General, who has had a much better game week this time around than last time. Like any season general, he doesn't know when he's beat. He's always got a trick up his sleeve. And that's what's happened in game week three, isn't it, Mark? How are you doing? Yeah, we're hoping, you know, we don't win every every battle, but we hope we're going to win the war in the end by the time we get to Game Week 38. So Game Week 2 was a nightmare. So thankfully, Game Week 3 was much better. And I'm certainly a lot chirpier and a lot happier. And I'm, I'm jumping out of bed with a bit more a bit more gusto this week. Hey, very good. That's early indication of uh, some of the things that went well for you in, in, in game week three. And uh, it definitely feels like there's uh, a little bit more, I, I guess, positivity just kind of in the in the surrounding FPL community because when you've saved up that free transfer and you've used it to freshen things up, I haven't seen too many people find that their two free transfers has landed them in a bit of a hole. It seems to have helped uh, freshen everybody's teams up, hasn't it? Yeah, it's again. It's always I always find it quite useful when you have the two frees. You know, I, I arrived at gimmick three with the two frees and lots of issues. Gabriel issues, Luke Shaw injuries, Joe Pedro rotation concerns. So I was quite happy, and you know, ended up using both of them, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Mm, absolutely well before we get into how your team specifically got in game week three just a quick reminder to people that of course it's never ever too late to sign up for fantasy football scout membership you can still save up to 30 percent on those preseason prices i'll let you know when you can't um because um it's it's continually being renewed because it's uh, it's a good price for people and it's proven very popular so make sure you sign up um some of the things we'll talk about in this particular video will will be drawn from that um and so if you want more detail then you can of course head to the website sign up for the package that is uh, right for you as well so don't forget to get yourself sorted for game week four because it's always going to be helpful before a deadline, uh, that's for sure. But yeah, let's have a look uh, at how the general got on in uh, in game week three. And I jokingly said to him before he came on that actually I think you are the first person I've done content with this week who actually got more points than me. Um, I thought I'd had a good week and then I looked at your team. As you say, you picked it with some gusto, 72 points. Yeah, I mean, for the audio listeners, I'll just run through it and then I'll talk about how lucky I got with with uh, with the Gusto points. So Johnson and goal, Estupin and Gusto and Chilwell. Midfield four, the double-up, double-double-up, Saka, Martinelli, Bruno and Rashford. So pa- Patience was rewarded with three out of those four. Haaland captain, Nico Jackson and Watkins up front. So going into the game, we had the two free transfers, the, me- the problems I mentioned earlier. So I felt like Luke Shaw was the biggest issue to deal with because it was a, a long-term injury. And I didn't want to rely on Joe Pedro after Deserby said on Friday that Ferguson was going to start. So at that point, I decided, right, uh, Pedro's going to go. I'll go to Nico Jackson. And to do so, uh, I needed to get a very cheap defender. I think 4.4 million or less. So I said, look, I'll just get Gusto. I'll stick him on the bench. Uh, I'll start Gabriel because I did think Gabriel would come back in. I've said that every week so far, so I'm just not going to ever say that again. Now, I, I think Gabriel's is finally dead as an FPL asset. Gusto, basically, there was a couple of leaks came through on Friday before the deadline. You know, Sterling was going to play, Jackson was going to play, and I was waiting for a Gusto leak. And if if it came through, I was going to make a last minute switch. I was going to start Gusto and bench Gabriel. Didn't come through, so I said, right, I'll just leave Gabriel in because I think he's going to play. Wasn't 100% sure on Gusto because it's it's early days in his Chelsea career. If there's a change of formation, maybe he doesn't start. And then it was a full 24 hours, really, of sweating over the points on the bench from the Friday night fixture. Uh, I was out and about shopping on Saturday with with my wife and my little boy, and we were doing some house shopping, uh, looking at, we're trying to get some photo frames to put up some photos in the living room, and 
all I could think about was Gabriel and Gusto. You know, I was trying to be present, but I was just keeping an eye on on the not even on the score of the Arsenal game. I didn't even care about the score. Uh, I just wanted to see what the substitutions were. And you know, it came. It took right until the end, until Gabriel Jesus came on, that I could uh, finally celebrate. So it was a it was a difficult Saturday waiting for the Gusto points, but thankfully in the end it came good. And I think we all need a bit of luck from time to time in FPL, and I'm. I'm certainly recognising that I was lucky because it might have even been a mistake, you know, on my part not starting Gusto anyway. So thankfully, uh, thankfully that fixed itself. Mm. Well, I have to say, I think the biggest question that you probably need to face now is those picture frames you bought. Who's going in it? Mikel Arteta, Gabriel or Gusto? <laughs> or all three yeah, in certainly. some sort of Photoshop uh, composite image? Yeah, do you know what? We're going to put three photos on each side of the television. So uh, maybe on one side, it'll just be Arteta, Gabriel and Gusto, just uh, just to remember that Saturday. <laughs> I love that. I mean, the, the thing that's so great about FPL, of course, is that so many of these moments, we do actually experience them in places that you perhaps least expect. I mean, of course, um, Mark Southerns, you know, quite uh, famously talks about his garden centre games. You know, you, you now have your, which shot was it? It was like a Wilkinson's or something, or I suppose. We're in there, yeah, the, ra- the range. Oh, the range. Oh, there we are. Well, you had the range of emotions that day, you have exactly. to say. So, yeah, any of the staff in the shop give you a strange look you know would a member of staff please come to aisle three where there's a man who seems to be uh being too happy to be in the range yeah it was one of those uh security to aisle four please there's something uh something's not right down there <laughs> yeah clean up an aisle four <laughs> Well, you know, it's good to see you've had, you've had a good game week because, of course, last week um, you were sort of rather sheepishly when I asked you over WhatsApp what your overall rank was so I could update the little, you know, uh, it, the little screens I've got here and it was 3.7 million. But in just one game week, you've gone up to 652k, which, I mean, that's just absolutely destroyed that OR. I mean, and that's the message I'm saying to a lot of people this week because, I mean, my rank's also quite good, but it wasn't amazing the week before. You know, it was just kind of okay. You can go from okay to great or you can go from awful to back on track like at the drop of a hat in FPL can't you yeah and I I'm just like any other manager even though I'm a content creator and I've been playing for a long time I still fall into the same trap every season early season you know if I don't start well I start getting a bit down about rank and I start maybe overthinking things a little bit and it's maybe harder to be patient when you're when your rank isn't looking very nice early doors but you know, this week just reminded me, you know, a three million green arrow in one game week is possible. So, I mean, what's possible over, you know, three or four game weeks and ranks mean very little. You know, it's, you know, 72 points. Obviously, it was a big score for the game week, but it's not a, you know, mega, mega FPL score. It's not a 100 point game week. And it just shows you all it takes is one week to, to you know, climb those rankings and, and more importantly, the money league positions as well. So, again, just the message is always for me, patience, patience, patience. And that's what I was patient with Bruno, with Rashford. With, with the Arsenal guys, you know, they all blanked in game week, game week three, sorry, game week two, but I kept the faith game week three uh, and again, had other other issues to deal with. I always try and focus on the weakest links, got rid of Shaw, got rid of Pedro, two problems, brought in a good pick in Jackson and then Gusto just was a little bonus. So yeah, uh, again, just patience all the way. Hmm. And I think, Actually, what's the most encouraging thing here, to be honest, is that it's very affirming and very sort of validating a lot of the things that we talked about last week. And first things first, I have to say, uh, we, we, we absolutely loved reading some of the comments we had on last week's episode. There was a lot of people who got in touch to say, you know what, some of the stuff you discussed uh, in terms of how to bounce back from neg- negative experiences either in your life or in FPL and, you know, processing 
uh, that sort of emotion on, on, on maybe perhaps even a regular basis as an FPL manager. Um, a lot of people said that they found that really helpful for both FPL and their real life. So thank you for getting in touch. That was really humbling and nice to see. And I suppose the fact that you've gone and got 72 points this week after you've kind of put that game plan into action, I mean, that's just about as great as it comes. Not only have you had a good game week um, for, for reasons that, I mean, there was, as you say, some luck in there, but you've also had a good game week because you, you, you stuck to your path and you stuck to what you know about yourself what you know about your decision making especially when it's under duress from having a bad time all of those things you did what you knew would work and you got the results basically instantly that must feel good yeah and I went back to the my you know I was very flustered like a lot of people last week in terms of transfers especially if you had two frees there was a lot of different routes to go you know Foden was tempting there was Zimbumo was an option there was so many options Manchester City defenders were on my mind and I was very close to I think the early part of the week I was looking at a minus four when, you know, you know, right after the bad game week, I was looking at a minus four possibly for three transfers. And I felt very flustered on Friday, even, you know, with three or four hours to go to the deadline. I, I still didn't know what I was going to do. And I just went back to that document that I put together every preseason and it just calmed me down. You know, it was like, you know, uh, avoid the points hits wherever possible. Uh, you know, don't panic after a bad game week. They're part of the game. And just reading through a few bullet points, you know, brought me back to earth, avoided the minus four, Stayed patient with the good players from the good teams with the good fixtures, and it and it worked out nicely. So, uh, yeah, hopefully the same same set of troops don't go out and get another uh, twenty five point game week in game <laughs> four. But I suppose even if they do, I mean, again, it's just the fact that you've had confirmation that that patient approach does yield results. So it's it's useful to have that kind of experience in the early part of the campaign because it just helps remind you of those things. As you said, always good to refer back to those little documents. And if uh, anyone else who's been been watching uh, the General's Orders uh, videos this year, if you if you were in the same place as Mark last week, a little bit sort of flustered, as he said, to do with those transfers. And if anything we sort of talked through on this on this video was helpful, then do get in touch, let us know. It's always nice to know that we uh, are able to, to help you guys. That's something we find very rewarding, being able to sort of help people with the little struggles they've got um, with their FPL team. So so, yeah, good week uh, for Mark. Um, I'm not going to dwell too much on my team because I have actually got a team reveal video that is coming out on Wednesday and people are probably sick to death of hearing about me being 19K. I keep saying I'm trying not to brag. So hopefully this comes across just as as humble as possible. I'm happy with where I am right now. Um, it's all about Aston Villa. Cash, Diaby doing it for me. Players I've, I've had since the start of the season. Um, they've come off. I'm quite happy with it. Um, but I mean, the thing is, is anything can happen from this point. I'm not going to rest on my laurels. I've still got decisions to make. And rather than take up your time, that's you, Mark, and everybody else listening, talking through what I'm going to do for game week four, I think I'm just going to leave that for my team review video so that people go and watch that and can get a break from me being gloating. Because I'm pretty sure so far, I, I, I think I've been, I think I've been above you every game week so far, Mark, and I feel really bad about that. We don't want to ruin the USP of the video, right? Yeah, I'm already trying to calculate in my head how many points ahead you are because uh, that's one of my... I've got a list of targets for the season, but I've, I've just added another one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, catch, there we go. Catch, catch David. I've put, yeah. I put a target on the back of my head for sure. I mean, yes. it, I, I don't actually know what the difference is at this point, but going into... We did, I did deadline stream with Sam on Friday and we were about 60k places apart, but only one point apart from each other. So I'm going to just hazard a guess that we're not that far apart from each other so you know it's a, just a constant reminder to people that it's very crazy at the start of the season you won't know this yet because they haven't gone live with it but um harry and uh, andy who both do burning questions get this right now they're on exactly the same rank they have the exact same number two two four zero seven five 
absolutely nuts um and actually they didn't even discover it until i started putting the slides together for for the video so i mean you just get whack you just get wackadoodle things happening with rank at this stage of the season don't you yeah absolutely absolutely it's uh yeah, I'm just like again. I'm just thinking about how I'm going to catch you, but I really need those Aston Villa boys to calm down, Cash and Diaby, because I mean, two. You've had both of them since since game week one. Uh, I've had both. Yeah, I've had a a Villa defender placeholder since the game launched. It was Dina, and then became Cash. You can thank Neil Rig for that one. Uh, and then Diaby, I've had. I think I've I had him for about two weeks after launch. Uh, well, whenever he started going big guns in preseason, basically. So he's been there a while. Yeah, two very shrewd picks, and I think. People like me who don't have cash or the Abbey, we're probably not going to go there either because we're looking elsewhere. You know, I'm looking at Madison, I'm looking at Foden, I'm looking at City Defender. So, you know, you could you could be benefiting from those guys for for a little bit longer while while other people don't go there. Mm. Conversely, I'm also a little bit worried actually about cash for the Liverpool game. So at the moment, I won't spoil too much about the team reveal video. Um, I am looking at benching him for that particular game. Uh, as you say, it, it, then neither of them are must-owns, really. Um, I, I think I, I'm not anticipating a repeat of the most recent game week anytime soon. So I do have some big decisions to make elsewhere in the team. And uh, to be honest, going into Sunday, I wasn't, I wasn't actually feeling all that happy. You know, I was about 540k because I'd, I'd held on to Pedro um, in the hope that he'd had his rest. You know, we sort of talked about that last week about like, well, maybe he's going to come back in. Can we treat Brighton like the new city with, you know, he's had his rest, so he come back in, blah, blah, blah. Got just the one point and, and that blocked the Anderson points on the bench. In the end, it was Foden that did that. So I was a bit sort of like, oh, okay. And so then... It, I, I I don't want to necessarily say it was all fluke because I think they're good players, but I certainly don't want to be relying on the Aston Villa guys for my big points and my you know um, the bedrock on my team. So I think it maybe is masking a few issues I've got to solve um, potentially. But this week it's not that tricky. I got two free transfers still because um, I only did the one last time, and um, yeah, there's, there's some obvious candidates for me. But as I said, we'll save that for for a, a different piece of content. Um, let's focus in on the orders this week, of which we have three, as we always do. Uh, and the first of those, uh, well, Mark already knows what it is, but he doesn't know what the picture is. I've chosen a picture of Roy Hodgson looking at his watch, very much conscious of the time of day and what day it is. So, um, FPL General, please take us away with order number one for game week four. Yeah, order number one, to be fair, I could probably throw this in every week, but I just want to re-emphasize it after the last couple of game weeks. It's wait until Friday to make your transfers. If you haven't made a move yet, if you're watching us during the week, just hold off until Friday. Obviously, there's certain caveats. If you've got 0.0 in the bank and you really want to do something, then maybe it's okay. But I think the first few weeks have really, this season, been quite punishing for people who've, who've gone early. You know, We've had the all, all the stuff... Uh, with a game week one deadline with the late team news. We've had, you know, injuries to other players, other teams. The Madison one last week looked like, looked to me and to everyone else that Madison wasn't going to play in game week three. And then if you wait till Friday, you get the pressers comments from Postacoglu. It says he's okay and he's going to be involved. So, and obviously, of course, he was always going to score then after a lot of people sold him. That's just typical FPL. So, yeah, we've had a lot of stuff. Um, a lot of injuries happening during the week and we're getting news about them on Fridays in Friday's pressers. So yeah, for me it's it's always about it's always about being patient, making your moves on Fridays. And this week as well, we've got EFL Cup games, 12 Premier League teams in action, Tuesday and Wednesday. So yes, there'll be a lot of rotation, but all it takes is one injury to change your FPL plans for game week four. And the other thing as well, um, just on Madison, you know, if you were someone who sold Madison, I think we're going to talk about him later, so I'll come back to him. But um, yeah, patience, wait till Friday, 
you know, Champions League is going to kick in very soon after an international break, Europa League, Conference League. I'm always a manager who waits until Friday if I can. I've taken a lot of price drops. I've, I've got a Gabriel who's already 4.8. Probably not going to sell him this week. I'll be probably selling him for about 4.5 or even 4.4 at this rate whenever I get a chance to do so. But it doesn't bother me. If I've got a strong start in 11, if there's a couple of price drops happening, I'm not going to let it concern me. That you know, I'm possibly looking at a Madison this week, but I can afford to do it on Friday rather than you know Tuesday or Wednesday. So yeah, patience again. Hmm. And I think the the EFL Cup is maybe going to catch a few people out actually because you've obviously mentioned it there because it doesn't have the same glamour as the Champions League. And to be honest, I'd completely forgotten about it until I sort of sat down on on Monday morning and sort of you know planned my my week in terms of what's on and when. Oh yeah, the EFL Cup is is around. And as you say, twelve twelve teams involved in that. They have actually regionalised it at this stage of the tournament, which is useful in terms of we're not going to have anybody going. We're not going to have like Bournemouth going to visit Carlisle not yet anyway. Uh, but in terms of the teams that are involved. Uh, we've got Wolves are hosting Blackpool. Um, we've got uh, Bournemouth away at Swansea. Um, we've got Spurs and Fulham facing each other. So maybe not that much rotation there because they... It, it's not like they're playing a you know a lower league team. They're, they're facing uh, each other. Uh, Crystal Palace are of course coming to uh, the mighty Plymouth Argyle, so that's no easy fixture these days. Um, for example, um, that's they're the Tuesday night games. Um, then on Wednesday we've got Forest hosting Burnley. So again, that's a I mean those two teams might fancy a cut run this year. So maybe we see your a one years and your first choice Burnley players involved in that game. Sheffield United hosting Lincoln, Everton away at Doncaster, and Chelsea are hosting AFC Wimbledon. So fingers crossed, Chelsea don't play a big team there um, but certainly it's worth remembering that these games are happening and for some of these teams maybe an EFL Cup run is is what they might be focusing on with their team selection this year for example so yeah worth keeping an eye on that and I suppose the other thing on price changes um, I, I haven't really been all that stressed about price changes I don't think for about two years if I'm honest because the game seems to have been priced in such a way where I don't need to um, now if you started the season with Salah which I did, and then I sold him. I mean, I've got 4.9 million in the bank right now. And and I'd be very surprised if other people didn't have something in there, especially if you've maybe downgraded an Arsenal midfielder to a Madison last week or, or, or whatever. So when you have so much to spare, I don't like point one is nothing. Point one is worth that information, isn't it? Um, and, and Kane leaving as well. It just the game is priced in such a way that where price changes have not become irrelevant, but certainly they don't, they don't plague transfer plans in the way they used to i don't think yeah it feels like the premiums are dying off slowly you know even you know kevin de bruyne is injured and and even when he is fit again is he getting to a stage in his career now where he's not going to play every premier league game probably so it's uh yeah the landscape is very very different fpl wise with the prices and even though the market's a little bit crazy you know, there's a lot of price falls and rises happening in the first three game weeks but you know another example for me is i'm eyeing up madison this week and one of the one of the one of the routes would be Rashford to Madison, which would allow Gabriel to trip here in game week five. But I think already I'm probably at 0. 0.0 for those two transfers, but I'm not going to rush it through. And if I can't get Trapier game week five, I'm not going to lose any sleep. I'll just get him game week six. I don't think it's a, a super fixture game week five against Brentford anyway. So I I'm always of the it was Tom Freeman a few years ago. I remember, I think it was the Meet the, meet the Manager series. And one of the lines always sticks with me. He said, there's always, there's always a solution. If you miss out on a target, there's always a solution. There's always a plan B, or there's always another way to get to where you want to be. So I just don't bother about price. Like you, I don't look at price change websites. Unless there's very rarely it'll be a move I really want to make, 0.0, .0 maybe Wednesday or Thursday. 
and rarely I'll go Wednesday or Thursday, but you know, so far it's been Friday, and I think that's probably going to continue throughout the season. Yeah, I think it, it pops up every now and then, it, it, but most of the time it's a brief uh, sort of browse of those changes, and then I look at my team and go, okay, if that change does happen. That's fine. I can I can deal with that no problem. Um, and uh, I think Jay Eggersdorf a number of years ago, so we were talking about managers who've sort of uh, given out um, little bits of advice that have stuck stuck with me. He he very much encouraged me to sort of think the point one is what you pay for the information, and information is is worth that. You know, it's it's a, you pay for your players. You pay twelve point five million to have Salah. You pay fourteen million to have Harlan, and probably one week in every three you end up paying 0.1 for the information. And the information is more important than the 0.1 so that you don't end up taking hits. Because game week, yeah. going into game week three, as you mentioned already, that was it was just quintessential you went too early week uh, if people made certain moves around certain players because we had some injuries just surface later on in the week. Throw in 12 teams playing midweek football and then the pre- as on top of the press conferences on Thursday, Friday. I agree completely. And and then also the fact that most people are probably rolling in the Benjamins right now. I, th- yeah. I just think you've got to wait till Friday. Last week was a really good example of you know paying that point one or point two for the information because I had Joe Pedro then and Cecil got injured and I thought to myself, right, I'm going to keep Joe Pedro now. Because initially I was going to sell him. But then the Inciso injury news came through and I thought, right, I'm going to keep him now. But then wait until Friday and Deserby said Ferguson's going to start. So that flipped me the other way again. And I thought, right, I'm not going to take a chance here. I'll just get rid of him. And if I didn't wait until Friday, I probably wouldn't have got Nico Jackson. And there's a chance I probably wouldn't have got Gusto either because I would have went a different route with, with the transfer. So waiting for the information really helped me last week. It, it forced me to sell Pedro which forced me down the route of finding a way to get Jackson, which was Gusto. And obviously there's a lot of luck involved in that. But if I went Monday or Tuesday with a couple of raids transfers last week, you know, I think my team would look very different and it probably wouldn't have Nico Jackson or Gusto. Mm, absolutely. I mean, again, it comes down to sometimes you just make your own luck in the sense that you have done all of the things right by the process and, and some sort of, you know, um, concept within that you know be it sort of like fate or god or something has rewarded you for ticking all the boxes on your process and 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 we see that in all sorts of things you see football managers say about the way they prepared for you know a particular game you put in that extra mile something that the ghost in the machine whatever you want it to be ends up rewarding you you see it in in games you see it in computer games you see it in strategy games you see it in fpl you it's it's everywhere so and it feels really affirming doesn't it that when things go right because you feel like you prepared in the right way yeah exactly it's it's all about the process if Again, I'm sitting here with a with a good with a good game week. If even if um you know Jackson and Gusto didn't do the business, I still think the process was good because the fixtures for Jackson are really good. And uh, you know, investing in, in two more Chelsea players just seemed like a good idea. And game week one has gone well for me. Uh, you know, the first game week going on only the three Chelsea guys and and hopefully that continues over the next few weeks with the fixtures. Fingers crossed. Well, someone who's not having such a good time of it this season, uh, as ever, is my dad, who uh, we will bring along his little interlude now. Um, you will enjoy this, Mark, because I know that you were sort of a bit like, oh, I don't I don't like how jammy he's getting. It hasn't gone very well from this week. I think he missed the deadline. No transfers made. Um, and the, the way the team is lined up, I mean, it is just a total mess. So you, you should take some enjoyment from this. Ramsdale in goal, so one point there. One point for Ben White. One point for Dunk. One, and two points for Zuma, so four points across his 
his back four. Uh, Barnes, Matoma, one point each. 12 points for Bowen. He is still admittedly getting a lot of like mileage out of Bowen, who at some point is going to come... I, he might even be in my game week nine wildcard, to be honest, because West Ham's fixtures get good then. Eight points for Saka, but we've all got him. One point for Diaz. And then uh, Captain Harland up front. Alvarez, two points. Onana, Stones. Callum Wilson still on the bench. <laughs> Why? Why is he there? And Dan Burn two points. So, yeah. Do you, do you enjoy that uh, a little bit more than the last couple of weeks? I'm going to guess, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it wasn't fun last week when he had a, a stormer and I had a shocker. <laughs> I'm going to actually make a pred- prediction this week. If your dad remembers to log in this Friday, I reckon he'll captain Bowen against Luton because he's been doing well for him. Ooh, you know, I think he probably will. I mean, if the Fulham game may tip him towards common sense with Man City, but it's a good point. I mean, he does like to, you know, stick to his guns or to his hammers, I should say. Uh, he's going to have Ward-Prowse at some point. He loves, he's always loved Ward-Prowse anyway, even as uh, even as a West Ham fan, having seen Ward-Prowse punish West Ham countless times with Southampton. He's, he's very excited to have him around. So, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully this is a nice little sort of uh, reminder to people that just keep watching West Ham. Their fixtures are going to get very good. And maybe one day my dad will look like a genius. Right now he's ranked at 6.3 million in the world. So don't <laughs> follow him for advice outside of the hammers, I would say. Talking about big ranks, he's uh, he's doing badly, but he's doing better than Sonny. Sonny's uh, ah, yes. been a bad start to the season. Seven... 7.7 million overall rank, and it's it's three losses against his dad so far. So um, we'll, we'll touch on his team again when he finally beats me. I actually, I treated him to a new player last week. Ooh. He, We know the rules. You know, player needs to have son in their first name or their second name. But I felt like his team was really struggling. So he was born in March. So off the back of Solly March having a good start <laughs> to the season. I've brought him in, and of course he blanked as soon as I brought him in. But just I let, made a little exception to the rule uh, to bring in Solly March. So hopefully that improves his fortunes and gives him a better chance of beating me over the next couple of weeks. Well, I mean, so I like the fact that you've sort of tweaked the rules a little bit. I, I, rules are made to be broken as far as I'm concerned. But also, you might not be far off because if you think, of, I mean, obviously the March thing is is perfect. But Solly is short for I think Solomon, and some people might shorten that to to Sonny in the sense that you just take out. The middle part of the name, Solomon, just S-O-N. So you, you're not far off. You're not far off with a sort of anagram and a sort of extraction of some letters. If he's kind of a sunny as well, let's be honest. Yeah, he's in now. I can't remember who I sold him for, but it might have been Richarlison, who's been an absolute disaster. So uh, <laughs> Sonny's been waking up at four in the morning screaming, just get Richarlison out of my team. So we had to we had to address that. Oh, I see. Did you have any, did you not wonder why there was a Tottenham Hotspur striker in your house at that time? Yeah, it was, uh, it was strange. <laughs> Well, actually, it's a great segue, actually, to be honest, into our second order, because I was looking for uh, a Premier League manager making a substitution, removing someone from the pitch who's not a bad player. And interestingly enough, I found a great picture of uh, Postacoglu bringing off uh, Son, uh, Hugh Son, who is on the screen right now, um, which brings us to our second order about making changes when sometimes that maybe involves someone we still think is good. Yeah, I think rule number two for this week, and I think it's something we all need to get comfortable with is selling a good player for another good player or you could rephrase it you're selling a good FPL pick for another good FPL pick Postacoglu is obviously happy to substitute a very good player in Youngman's son from time to time I think especially in FPL at the moment with the midfielders you know I look at mine Martinelli, Saka, Bruno, Rashford there's about five or six others that I would love to have Foden, Sterling Mbumo You've got the Abbey, the Brighton guys, Ward Prowse, Bowen, 
There's loads and loads of options. So there's going to be a lot of points in this season where we simply need to sell a good pick for another good pick. And we know that can backfire. You've got to just kind of back your gut instinct, play the fixtures mainly. I know a lot of people did that by selling Watkins to Jackson last week and they ended up, you know, they scored only what two points in the difference. But yeah, there's going to be the way the players are priced, the way that so many midfielders in particular are performing well, we've got to get comfortable selling good picks for other good picks. And I'm probably going to do it this week. Um, you know, I could I could deal with the Gabriel issue, but I don't think I need to because I've got three defenders I can play this week. So I'm looking at selling the midfielder to get a Madison or a Foden. I can't get Sterling because I'm tripled up. I'd be strongly considering if I wasn't already tripled up. But yeah, so Martinelli or Rashford, for example, to Madison, in previous seasons, I wouldn't, I'd be wary of doing it because slightly sideways, good picks, good teams. But again, fixtures, for example, for City and Tottenham are much better short term than they are for a Martinelli, for example, uh, or even a Rashford. So we've got it, we've just got to get comfortable and it will backfire maybe as much as it doesn't. You know, it could be a 50 50 strike rate, but you just got to get comfortable. If you sell, if I sell Martinelli this week, if I bring in Madison, if Madison blanks, if Martinelli gets a 15-pointer, the thought process was fine. And you've got to just, you know, get get used to that this season, I think. Yeah, playing the fixtures is is obviously a, a really solid way of doing things. And I think sometimes the best way to uh, to keep using the fixtures as a, a, a means of, of a successful failure, right? Because maybe in that first one, that's where it feels like a defeat because he outscored him. But then actually, it's sometimes worth reviewing that period. Let's say you think the game week four to... 10 for Spurs is, is better than it is for Arsenal. Wait till game week 10. Compare Madison versus Martinelli at that point. Uh, it will tell you the answer. And I can think of lots of times in the past where I've made that change and have been disappointed in the short term and then have double-checked, actually, in the long term. It was probably the right decision anyway because you just can't beat a good run of fixtures. You just can't beat that. Uh, very few players end up being fixture-proof, uh, really. Um, do I think Martinelli can be that this season? Not really. I'm sure now I've said that, he probably will be. But for the most part, it's it's in the long term, those decisions usually pay off if you've used some form of season ticket that's going to inform those choices. Yeah, if you... If you, you know, my case this week, I'm looking at a... Uh, I'm looking at the scout fixture ticker, Tottenham versus Arsenal uh, in terms of fixtures. I'm looking at underlying numbers, Madison versus Martinelli, and everything is pointing towards make the transfer uh, because Martinelli's not doing enough for me. Uh, Madison's a little bit cheaper as well, which always helps. And I just, I was very close to getting Madison game week one and, you know, slightly regret that. And I, I just want to fix it before I wait any longer. Uh, I was quite, I was kind of, you know, relieved in a way that maybe about 300,000 people sold them last week and missed out on the points. You know, that's just me being a selfish FPL manager in many leagues and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't want to... I watched the Tottenham game and I think I've watched two Tottenham games so far this season and he just runs the show. He's just so good. And it's it's nothing new. He's uh, He's been a proven FPL pick for a long time. He was fantastic at Leicester. He's just a talisman and I expect him to have a really good season. And he's my kind of pick. He's my he's the kind of player that I buy in game week four and he could still be there in game week 38. So that's that's the hope. Mm. Yeah, he definitely looks like he can be a season hold. And he, of course, he's even taken Harry Kane's number 10 shirt as well. So talismanic uh, already, really, to be honest, which is, is nice to see. But you've mentioned fixtures and uh, w- um, I might sort of catch you mildly off guard here because we haven't necessarily specifically planned to talk about this. But this order very much feels like something that is actually quite relevant if someone's wildcarding in the sense that the best case 
scenario for a wild card usually is not necessarily to use it when your team is in dire straits. I mean, my dad's team knows all about that, but largely we try and avoid ending up like that, right? We want to try and use that wild card to springboard from one successful team to another successful team that just looks different, largely based around the fixtures, probably involves selling some good players and buying some other good players. And so sort of boiling all that down, I mean, the wild card has come into conversation this week. So I thought I'd perhaps maybe just get your thoughts on, on on maybe when you're thinking about it for your team, when you think is the best time for other people to play it. Yeah, it's crossed my mind already a couple of times this season, in particular after the bad game week two. The wildcard thoughts were there, they, they calmed down. But even after a good game week three, I'm keeping a very open mind on the wildcard. I'm open to doing it during the first international break for, for game week five. And it'll just really depend on how game week four goes for certain picks, Certain picks in my team, my, my bench is a mess. I've got Gabriel, Nakamba, and Bayer. Bayer's injured. Gabriel doesn't play. Marvellous is not worth much. Johnson's my goalkeeper. That could become a problem soon. And then when I look at the fixture swings, you know, Chelsea have great fixtures. If Sterling does really well again in game week four, I can't get to him. So that's another factor that might push me towards a wild card. Newcastle's fixtures are turning. Manchester City have great fixtures, and I've only got Haaland. So, you know, Foden. Alvarez, you know, Diaz, Guardiola, maybe even Ederson, dare I say it. So I'm, I'm keeping a very open mind and I'm not against the Game Week 5 wildcard if I feel it's right for my squad. So well, there's a lot of things I'm keeping an eye on in Game Week 4, which, which might push me towards playing it early. So yeah, open mind. If I don't play at Game Week 5, it could be could be the next international break. It could be it could be Game Week 18, Game Week 19. It could be late. So uh, yeah, just totally flexible with, with that chip. Yeah, I have to say, I mean, I, I'm I'm looking this season at the, as you say, game week 18, 19 is around the time that the Club World Cup uh, comes in to complicate things for the Premier League. We lose at least City and Brentford and I think game week 18. And there has been rumblings that the Palace City game in game week 17, I think it is, or maybe it's 18, 19. The specific numbers, I can't remember off the top of my head, but at the moment, Palace versus City is going ahead. But if City's tra- travel plans uh, sort of extend a few days uh, hence of where they currently are, could maybe topple the Palace game as well. And so bearing in mind City are a team we like to be invested in, you know, it, it's not a bad time to play it. But I suppose it's can you hold off that long? I mean, I suppose you've already mentioned you want to try and be as flexible as possible. But I guess if you ever managed to hold on to the wildcard for that for that later time in, in the season? Yeah, in the last in the last three or four seasons... I've done it at least twice, keeping it until the very last game week, whether it be game week 19, game week 20. I know it's slightly different every season, especially during the COVID seasons. It was, you know, different timings and stuff. But there has been a few occasions where I never felt during the first half of the season that this, the wild card was needed. And even when I did play it in, you know, very late game week 18, game week 19, I might have, there was one occasion where I made maybe four changes on, on the wild card. So I always feel like wild cards can be a bit of a curse. Um, you know, your, your your team's usually not in a terrible position because you put a lot of thought into the picks and, and, and a lot of the picks you make are long-term picks. So wild cards very often, especially the first game week after you play it, can really backfire. You know, the players you sell do well, your new picks don't hit the ground running. So in many ways, I'm sometimes I'm kind of reluctant to play it at all and, and I've always had this little dream that some season I won't use one of my wild cards which sounds a bit crazy but if you manage your team well and you, and you fix your weakest link often and if your squad's doing well sometimes there's there's no need to do it <laughs> or when you do do it you, you literally change around the fringes you change your bench players or, or just make some slight tweaks so I'm uh, 
I must have been burned a few times by wild cards because I, I I get I get a shiver when I think about them. They're, I'm quite <laughs> fearful of them because I don't like change. Um, so we'll see how that plays out this season. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean, actually. I mean, I think the best wild cards are the ones where what you do change feels peripheral because sometimes the devil is in the detail. You know, it's being able to, well, just to use an example, I guess I've had success with in the last couple of weeks is being able to bring in an Aston Villa defender to cover the fact that Gabriel hasn't been starting games, whereas some people were having to make transfers for that. You know, it, being able to, it's it's those situations that give you the extra six to ten points in a game week that ends up making the difference. And the wild card is the best, most shameless time to do it because a lot of the time people have bigger fires to put out, as the expression goes. So you know that's certainly uh, beneficial. I think for me, I want to try and hold on for as long as I can because what we discovered, we did a little bit of research into this um, in, in Scout when when I was here before in the editorial team, uh, and I've seen anecdotal success stories about this as well. Is that if you do wild card late. It puts you in a better position to um, score the most points in what is the hardest stage of the season to maintain a decent um, sort of performance in, which is that January to March time. Because if you've wildcarded really, really early and you want to make so game week four to eight, something like that, and you you want to hold off that second wildcard so that you are playing it in time for chip season, which is usually around game week 28 to 32, it sort of fluctuates. Uh, in many ways that's a massive gap you've got like a huge gap between game week four and say game week 28 like maybe 26 20 to, to 30 game weeks long where you just don't wildcard and so then you end up taking lots of hits in january february around some double game weeks that happen and blank game weeks that happen because of the efl cup and stuff like that if you use your wildcard right at the end of that first period you are effectively setting your team up to be optimized for that run of games where most people are sort of scrabbling around to just put a team together um, because of all those different considerations. You then shorten the gap between your first wild card and then you can play that second wild card as late as you like, fully lean into chip season without kind of ruining your team in the middle part. You Obviously, it's dependent on being able to to, to start the season well you need to keep your team ticking along in such a way that it doesn't need a wild card till game week 18 19 and the, the in terms of the anecdote so we, we just discovered that that was happening with a lot of teams the teams that were deploying their wild cards later on tended to finish higher and then the yeah. anecdotal thing was was ali who obviously won fpl last year he waited very very late for his first wild card off the top of my head i can't tell you when he played it the specific game week but he waited quite a long time and so that he could optimize his team for the second half of the season in a much better way so if we can get if we can aim for that, great. But of course, it is of course team dependent from week to week. So, you know. Yeah. Before we move away from the wildcard discussion, I actually had a, a really good chat with someone today who were thinking about playing the wildcard this week. Um, you know, had a look at the team. We had a bounce a couple of ideas. And his words were basically like, you know, I feel like I'm already a couple of steps behind. I want to get back on the front foot. I hate my team. So the team had players like, you know, Pickford. Uh, Gabriel was still there. Joe Pedro was still there. And there was quite a few, you know, big omissions, uh, you know, maybe no no Jackson up front and stuff like that. And I always feel like, yes, it does make sense maybe to hold it a little bit longer or maybe even quite late uh, towards towards you know, gimmick 18, gimmick 19. But if you're gonna if you're gonna look at your FPL team every Friday night and think, ah, I'm not feeling good about this game week, this is gonna be another red arrow, just you know, simply don't overthink it. If it's going to make you happier, if, if you wildcard and give me four and it's going to make you happier for the weekend, you know, FPL should be enjoyed. And if you feel like you, if you're going to be miserable for the next four game weeks with the current players that you have, just ship them out and just get a new team. And uh, you'll, you'll, you'll still be able to navigate the other parts of the season without it. So FPL for me, you know, if you're not enjoying it and if, if a wildcard will make you enjoy it more, 
if you've got a lot of issues like the ones I just mentioned, you know, there's there's certainly a few teams that I've seen this week. And you know, he sent me a draft, a wildcard draft, and I, you know, Sterling, Foden, Mbumo, Jackson, a new goalkeeper. I was like, yeah, do you know what? That looks really good for your squad. Um, you know, I don't feel like I need to wildcard, but I think it might be a good idea for your team. So he, he still does not has hasn't made a decision. But um, there will be teams out there. If it feels right for you, that's the main thing. Don't don't blindly take advice from people to say you should keep it for longer because if your team needs it, especially if you've had a tough start and you feel like you're going to have more, you know, pain over the next few weeks, just course correct. Um, you know, that's what wild cards are for. Mm, absolutely, and uh, to be honest, I think the disparity in the what is the right thing to do for each team um just you saying about wildcards feel like a curse it perfectly sums it up it's a curse for people who've got to decide when to use them it's kind of almost a curse as well for us content creators whenever it becomes wildcard time i'm like oh no look we're gonna have to make some content around whether or not it's worth wildcarding and i don't want to do it myself i like my team um you know there's going to be some people that think it's an overreaction it's just the, the wildcard discussion there's just so much disparity in it. and as you say the bottom line as you say absolutely is it's, it's team specific so do try and um base it off that rather than necessarily some some broader strategy so yeah um thankfully enough the third order is actually very simple <laughs> in comparison and it involves someone we've talked about a lot already um spurs new number 10 yeah it's i'm going to try and at least mention one player each week now when it comes to the orders um it'll come as no surprise to people that order number three is is by james madison if you don't have him i just think I just think he's tailor-made to have a huge season FPL-wise playing in this role for Tottenham. Very front-foot team. Talisman, hopefully he gets penalties, although that's still up in the air, obviously. But even without them, you know, set pieces, free kicks, creating chances, getting in the box, scoring goals. And this goes for people as well who sold them last week. If you sold them last week, don't be hard on yourself. You had, in my eyes, enough information there to think he wasn't going to play if you did it on you know, Tuesday or Wednesday. Don't be stubborn about it. Don't be bitter about it. If you think he's right up there as one of the best picks in the game, which I do, go back and get him uh, and just enjoy having him again because he's a, he's a joy to watch. He's a joy to own. Um, you know, Plays FPL himself, which is always a bonus when we're when we're looking at our players. So yeah, he's... I feel like we, this is basically the James Madison episode of, the, of General's Orders and uh, I think I'm going to have to go ahead and buy him this week now. So... Hopefully it's a hopefully it's a good performance. Two good fixtures coming up, yeah. And again, caveat here: I can't get Sterling. I've got three Chelsea. If I didn't have three Chelsea, it would be a different conversation. It would be very much: do I get Madison or do I get Sterling? And I'm maybe overlooking Foden a wee bit here as well on recency bias. But I just I'm much more, you know, Madison's minutes are a lot more secure. Uh, although Foden's minutes should be pretty good uh, for the next couple of weeks. But yeah, I'm I'm very high on Madison. And if you can get to him easily this week, I would I would go there. Mm. I like that you've uh, actually made specific reference to people who did sell him because there was a lot of them. And that course correction of bringing in a player who you very recently got rid of. I can think of some of my most enjoyable uh, times playing FPL actually involved situations where I did that. The, the one that stuck with me most uh, involves the man whose shirt has been up behind me for a very long time, which is Raul Jimenez back when he was first in the Premier League. He came in as, I think, a 5.5 million forward. And I think I got him for game week three of his first season because he'd done quite well in the first two. Didn't really get that much out of him in game weeks three, uh, in game weeks three, four, five, uh, and uh, th- so I, I sold him, and then all of a sudden, that's when he exploded. That's when he became huge, and I think I went maybe two weeks without him, ruining the fact I'd sold him, and I managed to get him back in just in time to make sure I was still on that bandwagon and 
you know, had some success there. I did some flip-flops with Bruno at the beginning of 2023 as well um, that, that worked out quite nicely. Basically, I one of my friends who I've been playing FPL with for a long time, hopefully he's watching this, um, has always said your biggest enemy in FPL is yourself. And in that situation, the enemy being yourself is the fact that I can't bring that guy in. I already sold him. But it's happened to me so many times where I've then brought that player back and it's massively rewarded my team. So it's a good point to mention those people because there are a lot of people that did sell him. Don't let that stop you. Yeah, you've I'm just you've you've set me off into a daydream. You brought back <laughs> such, such great memories there. You know, the notification, goal, Jimenez, assist, Doherty. They were such good oh, times with when Nuno was at Wills, you know, that first season. It was so good. Yeah, that was that was a beautiful time. It's uh, well, they're actually still both in the Premier League, actually Jimenez and, and Doherty, but probably unlikely to deliver in quite the same way, unfortunately. Um, and actually, one actual final question on Madison versus Sterling, because that is a question a lot of people have this week. Um, my sort of view right now is that Madison does get a bit of an edge over Sterling based around what isn't available at Spurs, in the sense that you don't necessarily want to cover, in inverted commas, certain assets. But if you look at the fact that Jackson, statistically so far, is outperforming Sterling, there is a forward at Chelsea who is as who's in the same level of form as Sterling, just about, right? But Madison, you can't, you can't find a forward at Spurs where you're going to get anywhere near the same. Because as far as I can tell... Um, all of their actual centre forwards on the actual football pitch are midfielders in FPL. I think it's just Dane Scarlett who's left as an FPL forward at Spurs. So it just means that in terms of finding room for these people, you can more easily find room in your team for Madison and Jackson than you can Sterling and, say, Dane Scarlett. And I sort of wonder if, 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 if that's come into your thinking at all with sort of like the spaces that are available in teams right now. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really trying to put myself in a, in, in that, you know, the mindset of somebody who, who can get Sterling or Madison, and it just comes down to the kind of manager I am. I like to make as few transfers as possible. You know, I, I kind of aim for forty transfers over the course of the season, and when it comes to a decision this week, like Sterling versus Madison, I always, when when I buy an FPL player, I never think, right, I'm going to buy him for five weeks and then jump off. I always like the idea of a player coming in and being a season keeper. And that's why I like Bruno. I think Bruno has a very good chance of being a season keeper. I think Saka has a very good chance of being the same. Estupid and also, you know, even with the fixtures, I'm probably just going to hold them throughout and, and just bank on those attacking returns. Uh, and then when it comes to Madison versus Sterling, to me, number one, I don't want to put too much weight on the Luton game because it was Luton. And I, maybe I do want to see a little bit more from Sterling before I think, right, fantastic. There's no doubt he's a, he's a great pick. Um, for this for this coming game week, but for me, Madison is you know when I weigh it up in my head, which player, Madison or Sterling, which player is more likely to come in and be be in my team until game week thirty eight, and that's Madison at the moment. Now that could change if Sterling keeps doing it, he could become a, a no brainer. You know, the good thing about both teams as well, there's no Europe to worry about, so rotation shouldn't be too bad. But yeah, I'm much you know in my mind, Sterling's more explosive or potentially more explosive. But I, if I'm going to bet on one of them to be you know, tick along consistently long term, you know, 10 to 15 game weeks. I'm going to, I'm going to go with Madison on that one. So, you know, the answer to the question might be just get both players, get Madison this week. And then I get, I get Sterling game week five. If he goes, 
if he does well again in game week four. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, it's it's all it's all team dependent in many ways, as as we've said already. You know, there there are going to be certain jumping on points for some of these players. Madison feels a little bit sooner, um, in, in in my opinion as well. So yeah, I think um, that's that's a good way of looking at it. Uh, to be honest, well, thank you very much uh, as ever, Mark, for uh, taking us through the orders. Uh, they're always uh, very good to keep us grounded and making sure that we're approaching the season uh, in the right way. Um, we should just remind people again, of course, to uh, sign up for Fantasy Football membership ahead of uh, game week four, and you'll be able to see all of the reasons why we like the likes of Madison and some of those other players that we're talking about. Or perhaps you've seen a player talked about quite a lot in the FPL discourse and you think, hmm, maybe they're a little bit overrated. Maybe I'll just have a quick peek at some of their numbers. And that can be sometimes how you can test some of these theories about who we should be signing, for example. So make sure you sort that out before uh, game week four. Don't also forget to uh, to hit the like button, subscribe to the Fantasy Football Scout YouTube channel as well and hit that bell notification. We've got loads of content coming up over the next uh, couple of days. Well, with that, um, we can leave you fine, folks, for the rest of your tinkering, and we will see you next time, won't we, Mark? See you later, folks, and best of luck for Game Week 4.